What's up, everybody? Hollywood Cole here for the HK Video Game Experience, along with Clearfire. What's up, Clearfire? What's going on, man? And uh, it's been a while since we dropped a podcast other than your computer-building podcast. Man, we just did a lot in October, so I guess we're taking a little bit of a break. And that's okay. But this is the first uh, full-up H&K in November, and we're going to do a little, I guess, Thanksgiving, since it's going to drop right before Thanksgiving week. So a little Thanksgiving about video gaming. What are we thankful for in video gaming? Is that the, that we're doing? Just, a, you know, just our good old-fashioned, you know, late-night game chat. Just more to talk about, you know, because I threw this idea at Hollywood saying, hey, let's do a podcast about what we're thankful for. It's that time of the year. It's the season to kind of talk about that. So I guess that's just kind of where it went, and we'll we'll just let it roll how it rolls. Cool. Well, do you want to talk about these uh, Spider-Man trailers real quick? Yes, I actually do want to talk about those. So You were telling me about them. One... We had a trailer come out like two months ago. I actually did record a podcast reviewing it, but I hated how it sounded, so I didn't drop it, and I didn't put <laughs> it out because I just didn't work. It just didn't sound right me talking about it, not without you know without Hollywood. And then, of course, on Tuesday, they dropped the second trailer. And so since we're doing this podcast now, I was like, Hollywood, you got to watch these trailers. So Hollywood literally just watched the trailers, and now we're going to actually get to talk about them because I'm hyped about it because I am a fan of Spider-Man. I've liked Spider-Man. My son likes Spider-Man. It's, he's great. Tom Holland's a fantastic person to play Spider-Man and Peter Parker, in my opinion. I think he's the best so far out of, out of the three that have played him in the movies. So, Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. That um, Civil War when he first showed up, right? The Tom Holland yes. Spider-Man. Oh, gosh, he's so good, dude. And so, yeah, I, I like the... What was the one that just came out? I thought it was called No Way Home. Homecoming. No, Homecoming. Homecoming? You have, uh, okay. So you have... Um, the Jake Gyllenhaal one. You had... Uh, I'm sorry, Homecoming's the first one. And then... No Way oh, Home I, or something. So no, like way no, way home the, no, home, no Way Home is the new one. Okay. And Spider-Man Homecoming was the one where he came back to Marvel. That's the reason why they called it Homecoming is because ah. not just for that, not just for the title, but for the fact that they got it back. And it's um, the second one is actually Far From Home. It's Far not, From not, Home. Uh, that's it's right. It's Far From Home, and that's the one with Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio in it. Yeah, I do like the kind of twist they did with Mysterio in that. That's a really cool twist there. But we're not here to talk about Far From Home. We're here to talk about the new trailers of. No Way Home, which is awesome. <laughs> they all got home for, in them. For, for actually two for two reasons, I think this is awesome. One, it's going to be an amazing like end, end or finale to the trilogy because you know Marvel's big on kind of these trilogy blocks of movies. Um, you do have some exceptions because you know with Thor, you're fixing to have a fourth one with Thor: Love and Thunder coming out in 2022 or 2023, which that's going to be sick. I can't wait to see trailers on that. But you know, Spider-Man, this is going to be its trilogy kind of wrap up for that whole block there, and I think they're going to cap it off really well. And two, since and I hate to dive into another show, but with the TV series Loki, and I don't think Hollywood's seen all of it yet, but with the TV series Loki, it's the first time that they introduce and actually talk about the multiverse. And then right after Loki came uh, came out, um, the uh, Marvel show uh, What If. 
That's an amazing show. If you have not watched that, go see it. It is worth your time. Go watch it. It is 100% part of the canon of the MCU, and it will play a pivotal role going forward of what's happening with the MCU and the whole multiverse. Saying all that, this is where No Way Home comes into play, and it actually hits the big screen the multiverse does because another one of my favorite characters dr strange plays a major role in this movie it's gonna be amazing guys you've got to check it out if you have not watched the trailers yet go watch them we're gonna talk a little about a bit, bit about them here in just a minute but holly what's your what was your first take on these two trailers um so somebody had told me about them um I think coastal was telling me a little bit about them he, he, he kind of hit me up too asking about them I said yeah I hadn't seen them yet but uh, I do like the Tom Holland, and I, I just I did watch the Far From Home. Um, I did the, the Loki's. Uh, I'm that's probably where my question is going to come in from Spider Man. But I did get to the part. I don't know where how far I'm thinking like five, six or seven episodes in where he finds all the other Lokis from the other multi multiverses, and you know Loki could be anything. It was an alligator, you know, and one of the things. And we'll talk. Yep. We're going to go. We're going to do a Marvel universe kind of like we did the Mandalorian oh, yeah. with all this is going to be awesome and I'm excited just that's as excited like ser- that'll, that'll be a series because there's so much yeah, yeah. to cover through that but I'm it's, just it's as excited as all you are because I don't know anything about it so I love getting uh, the experts here clear and uh, probably coastal maybe I don't know how much swingings into it but those guys whoever whoever's a lore expert um, you know I know I know clear is so we'll at least have clear for sure so I'm excited for all of this and um, but anyway so my first impression, so like I said, clear. So I just saw him literally about uh, five minutes and fifty eight seconds ago, and um, hmm, I I I kind of I didn't really get into the uh, the first Spider Man. What was his name? Are you talking Tom, about Tobey Maguire? Yeah, mm-hmm. I watched the first one, and that was kind of it. So you got Green Goblin in there. Uh, so you're gonna William Defoe. You got the Octo, and you got the the Jamie uh, Fox guy. And I yes. saw Lizard Man um, <laughs> somewhere in there too, and so all the villains come. Okay, and that's what you kind of take away from. It. And I'm sure there's a bunch of. I mean, Clear could probably break down every little piece of this trailer, but uh, just for just a casual viewer like me, um, you have to wonder: Is Tobey Maguire coming back? Is uh, the second Spider-Man guy coming back, Andrew? Andrew uh, Garfield. Yeah. Are they going to pop in and save the day? I don't know. You know, at, at random, because kind of what Loki's leading to. That's kind of what uh, this could very well be. Uh, so that's very exciting. I love Doctor Strange. You kind of turned me on to Strange. I like Strange a lot now, so it's really cool to see him kind of get involved and have, you know, makes it more of, the, more of a... It opens up the MCU universe instead of it just being a Spider-Man movie. Yeah. So I like that. Um, I'm excited. I love the whole stories with it all. And you, know, and you guys know the comics and everything. Uh, so I love how you're kind of getting to follow along as part of a movie thing and how they all connect. That's a great idea how they've done that for, what, yeah. 12 years now or something like that? Uh, yeah, maybe even longer than that because you got to yeah. think about it. When Iron Man came out, you know that's where yeah. they set the set the seeds for all of this. Yeah, and even technically, you could even all the way go back. I, I can't remember if if Iron Man came out before the Incredible Hulk with uh, Eric Bana. Right. Even that one set some of the seeds. Some of the planted some of the seeds to have all this going in motion. Even in that movie, even though it wasn't 
technically a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, that's about all I can say about them. I do like Spider-Man now more because of Tom Holland, and I enjoyed the the latest twos while I brought them up. And so, um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited about it. So, so what, what can you tell us about them? So, uh, just to kind of dissect these trailers a little bit, I'm not going to so much hit on trailer one, because trailer what I do like about trailer one and trailer two, it's almost two separate movies. When you look at it, how the way they play it out, you've got Spider-Man kind of opposing Doctor Strange in the first trailer, and then you've got Spider-Man actually getting to take on, and I'm going to use this term, and people are going to probably freak out when I use this term, Spider-Man opposing the Sinister Six, because... When you look at this, you've got so far you've got five of the six Sinister Six characters laid out. You got Green Goblin, you got Electro, which is Jamie Foxx, you've got Sandman, which is uh Thomas Hayden Church, you've got Lizard, and I forget their their actor, and then you've got uh Doc Doc Ock or Doctor Octo Octavius. I hate his name. It's just it's <laughs> it's that whole I forget even the name of the term or whatever that Stanley liked because a lot of his characters at the beginning, like Peter Parker, had a lot of, you know, same letter of both oh, names, yeah, you know, for yeah. both names, had a lot of that. Bruce Banner, you know, a lot yeah. of that throughout the things. So Clark Kent. Yep. <laughs> Although that's DC. DC, yep. They copied. <laughs> so, well, there, there's, let's not even get into that because there's a whole different battle we can go with that. But. Lois Lane. So you start so you start seeing the possibility of Sinister Six, which begs the question, if they're showing five of them, who's the sixth Sinister Six member? Now, in Sinister Six comics, there were actually more than just the six, but they always showed up together as six whenever they were that. Venom played in and out of that, which you have Venom as Tom Hardy, which there are rumors that that's going to play there. Um, I have not watched Venom Let There Be Carnage yet, so I don't know the end credit scenes there, which I've heard rumors about that, but I'm not going to touch on that. Um, or you can have uh, the um, God, the Vulture, which was um, Michael Keaton, which was you know also Batman from back in the day, yeah. which was in the um, Spider-Man Homecoming movie. So you actually have the plays there for multiple characters come in for the center six who's it gonna be don't know what i do like and what i do it would do will dissect a little bit and give you some rumors there is if you're watching the trailer especially the second trailer one that just came out you'll notice in one of the scenes spider-man tom holland and i'm going to use that term a lot because it'll grow from there spider-man tom holland is jumping towards three of the Sinister Six characters. You've got Electro, you've got uh, Sandman, and you've got Lizard. If you watch that video, something seems off on that one scene. Well, Marvel didn't do a good job about editing the trailers that released elsewhere in the world. And when you pull up a trailer from brazil that happened if i'm not mistaken i think it was from brazil when you watch that there's actually a second longer in that clip and when you watch it and you watch it closely and analyze it now this is me being stupid analytical you will actually see the lizard 
character look like he gets punched by nothing. That right there is a theory that both the why can't I think of his name now? The um Toby two other Spider Man the Toby Maguire Spider Man yeah, and and the Andrew Garfield Spider Man will be in this one. That'd now be there has awesome. been rumors that they've already filmed the scenes, which of course they had to if the movie's coming out December seventeenth, but they've been seen in close proximity. There's been some other stuff there. So if you want to read the rumor mills, you can go read that and go see that. But if you look at that, and then also too, if you're watching the clip of Mary Jane when she's falling down, it's almost an exact replica scene clip of Gwen Stacy from Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man when she dies in his movies. Hmm. If you watch that scene and you watch that, that it, it's almost clip for clip the same thing. And Spider-Man's fate in that is for Gwen Stacy to die. There's a theory that as you're watching the clip, you see what looks like Tom Holland saving Mary Jane. There's a theory that that's not really the Tom Holland Spider-Man right there. That's actually the Tobey Maguire, not the Tobey Maguire, the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man saving her because he has like deja vu and he's like oh my gosh i've had this happen already i've got i know what to do to save her you know so it's kind of like that and you've got these whole theories going on like that i'm not going to guarantee that you're going to see the tom the the toby Maguire and the andrew garfield spider-man but i'd be hard pressed to say that you won't see them like, I really feel like they're going to be in there. There's just too many hints and things there. And I'm very glad people are, like, so upset that Marvel didn't show them. Right. Why ruin the entire movie? Why ruin all of that surprise? Even though they're, we know that Marvel is bad about keeping secrets. They try their best, but it doesn't always work out. But why ruin one of the greatest surprises of having the three best Spider-Men to suit up and play it in a movie all together. Now, granted, everybody thinks Andrew Garfield did terrible. That's the reason why he only had two movies. But I don't think he did so terrible that he doesn't deserve the credit that he gets because he helped keep it going. And so, so here's the thing, too. They're going to say, you know, say, well, if they would have just shown a hint that they would put the other Spider-Mans in, they would make more money. Okay, maybe. Maybe that's the case. And that's that's usually the – so this is just me speculating my theory here. Not with Marvel, but just knowing – little bit of film industry stuff. You're right. They probably would make more money, and, and traditionally that's all they care about. But you forget, John Favreau's the mastermind behind all this, and he d- loves that universe, and he would he would do something like that just to, just because it'd be the big surprise for the fans and everything. I don't, and I don't, guess I'm, who's in this yeah. Spider-Man movie? Yeah. John Favreau. <laughs> yeah. Because he's Happy Hogan, and he's a fantastic guy. Look, I love what Favreau has done for – one, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, even though he's not the head person of it, you've got Kevin, I can't even say his name right, but Kevin yeah. Fang or Fang, Fang yeah, yeah. or whatever, he's the head person of it. But he's listening to Favreau because he see he sees what Favreau has done for the right. Star Wars um, universe. Well, Favreau is the one that took the chance on this whole Marvel thing. Nobody wanted, no, no they were independent uh, with Iron Man and like, uh, you know, it's just crazy. Nobody wanted to bite off on this, and he took the chance. 
and he hit a home run, obviously, you know, for years, dec- decades, home run. Favreau is Insane. the perfect fanboy to do this kind of stuff because people actually But now Disney's involved and... So I don't know. So sorry. Yeah. Well, well, Favreau is the perfect fanboy to do all this because he's doing, you know, Marvel and he's also doing Star Wars. He has yep. part, part pieces in all of this. He's an amazing talent and he thinks of the universe and how it would happen in the universe. He doesn't try to do things that wouldn't happen in the universe. And it's great because look at Mandalorian. He is the mastermind behind Mandalorian. It is amazing. It, it is what Star Wars needed. People yep. used to rave and say that Kevin Smith, and if you know who Kevin Smith is, he's clerks, he's all that, you know, that that stuff there, used to rave and say that he's the guy to really push this kind of stuff. I'm sorry, Kevin Smith ain't got a dime on what Ke- what um John Favreau's done. Just doesn't. He doesn't have the same thought pattern, even though he's great and he's a great fanboy, he just doesn't have that. He doesn't have the it to push it. Yeah, well, Mandalorian sorry. was. Sorry, uh, I went off on that tangent there. I, I just yeah, love Favreau. He's just oh amazing. yeah, I, I was going to hesitate to bring him up because I know we can go off on that. But let's uh, let's save all this for the Marvel stuff. Definitely, it's going to be awesome, man. I'm looking forward to that. But let's talk about. Let's just change gears here. It's hard to change gears from that. It really <laughs> is. Know? Well, because that's good. I think that's I can good make stuff. a good transition. I, love it. I think I think I make a good transition. So. At the beginning, when we were before we started talking about Spider Man, we were talking about the thought of thankfulness in gaming, thankfulness in the podcast, that just kind of stuff, because it's the holiday season to think about that. And you know, I'm, I, and I want to just start with this, and I know we can go from wherever. I want to say one, I'm thankful for being able to have this avenue to do this podcast, to be able to talk about Spider Man like I just did for almost 15 minutes over two three minute trailers you know to have that avenue and have that ability and to actually have you the fans listen to us and enjoy it you know very thankful for that oh yeah for sure man the podcast is off it's very fun and obviously with the fans it's the only way to to do it um that's my you know certainly thankful thing and there's a lot of more in-depth uh real deep real meaningful parts of my life and i'm sure you know, clear yours as well. So, but we're just going to keep this video game like, you know, related just because it's a video game podcast. So we're talking about thank, thankful in gaming, you know, um, yeah, certainly the podcast for gaming. It's a lot of fun. I'm glad we've got to keep some of the, the friends together doing this and uh, you fans contributing and, and participating and helping out and uh, it makes it all worthwhile. So, uh, but let's back this thing up, man, for, we talked about a little bit uh, about you know you hear a lot from retro gamers and we're two retro gamers we're old school and you're going to hear if you're if you are listening and you're 20 years old we're going to get to you you know oh yeah but um you you hear i'm sure you've heard a lot that oh i'm so glad that i grew up with the nintendo entertainment system then i saw it evolve into the super nintendo and so on and so forth you know atari coleco vision all these things were first and they were little buddy video game consoles um, without any super meaning, more points and stuff like that. But you could play it at home. It had its spot, it had its place. It came and went just as fast as it came on the scene. I think, what, three years, maybe four, uh, maybe five. But uh, Nintendo comes around and it just kills it, does it right, and uh, changes the world. 
And we grew up with that. And I'm thankful that we grew up with that. And I love the the, the Nintendo and the Super Nintendo that we grew up with. And, all the, the, you know, it forced us to play together. Yeah. Right. Because you know, we had multiplayer on. You had to sit beside each other. Couch so, co-op. Yeah, couch co-op. You couldn't play online. And we had the X-Band come out like we were talking about. You could play a little bit online, which is cool. And you get little clans going and stuff like that. But, you know, I like that. I'm glad that we grew up with that and glad to see it. I can still appreciate it now. I really appreciate playing Red Dead Redemption 2, which uh, you've heard me blast a little bit about the controls, which I still can stick by that. But that game is unbelievable, the amount of detail that goes in there. And I just, I'm just saying that because I'm kind of reneging a little bit on my um, statements <laughs> Because oh, they did. You got to figure out what they're doing with that before you just jump in there. And I, yeah. I was thinking about doing a smooth ramblings or something on it, just just to kind of do that. But anyway, I won't get into that here. But I appreciate those types of games even more because I know how far it's come, uh, the good and the bad of these things. And um, it's interesting. So I'm glad that we grew up in that time frame. Glad we grew up in what 2000 when. Uh, SOCOM comes out, which was the first console, our first online console uh, shooter uh, and stuff like that, man. So it's very interesting to think about sometimes. Yeah, I mean, and, and me and Hollywood, you know, briefly discussed it too in thinking about it. And one of the things that we kind of mentioned, you know, to kind of bring up here was talking about what if we grew up in the time or if we grew up and we had SOCOM the entire time we grew up or we had a Destiny or we had a Halo, you know, something like that that we grew up with, whereas some of you listening might have been the ones that grew up with it. You know, we didn't. We were older. We were actually in our college age when a lot of that came out. And, you know, my little brother, you know, is eight years younger than I am. He did grow up with some of those, you know, because I remember going to visit him when he was at college, when I was definitely well out of college. And they're sitting down, they're playing Halos and all this stuff. And I'm like, uh-uh. You know, I just, I, it's it's just so weird to think about that, to think about growing up with something different. Yeah, you think about um, Warzone. Like, so, for example, at school, in high school, we'd eat lunch, and I'd sit by the bullet. And then we'd just pay you know, play and I'd be like, hey, dude, you're going to come by today and play some GoldenEye? I was like, yeah, sure. So he comes by, we play GoldenEye, we played Wayne Gretzky Hockey. <laughs> and those are some stories that we can tell at a later time. But I mean, those are memories that I remember forever, mm-hmm. you know? And so it would be nowadays, hey, you're going to get on Warzone today? You know, if we grew up in that time. And yeah, I'm going to get on with, you know, this guy, this guy, this guy. So we're going to have a whole squad to roll with because everybody's playing it, right? And you don't have to come over. You don't have to even have a car to drive over like we did, you know, when we were going to play GoldenEye. So um, that, and then you wonder if these people that are growing up with Warzone have a kind of a sense of awe and wonder at just a game that you can play side by side versus, you know what I'm saying? Because they don't have that very often. So, oh, what if I just came and sat beside you and played it? That'd be a unique experience. Yeah. Right. And so do they think that. Um, but I can't imagine growing up with a war zone um, where you could have that many people in that vast of a game, you know, nowadays, if I was a kid. It just I'd- baffles It baffles me, I mean, to think about it, because it's like, what was some of the fun things that we did on Saturdays and Sundays? 
I'd come over to either your house or you'd come over to my house, sit down, Final Fantasy 2 or Final Fantasy 3 or whatever other game and either play together or watch, you know, one of, you know, each other play it, help each other out in the game. I mean, it's just thinking yeah. about that and thinking about how kids are now that you don't even have to have a conversation to start up a game with somebody. I mean, you do, but you don't have a conversation like we're talking about. Because when we talk about conversation, we're talking about picking up a phone and calling somebody, t- actually talking to somebody, not texting them. Kids will text all their people of their clan and say, let's get together and play, you know, and then they're online playing and then they're yelling whatever profanities into the headphones because <laughs> that's where they have a chance to do that, you know? And it's so weird because I remember getting to play with some of these quote unquote squeakers. We, us <laughs> older guys call them squeakers and playing with them. And they're real just, young bucks. Just a insane amount of words that come out of those kids' mouths. You know, that's one of the things that shocked me that how would, how would have that, how would have being online gaming when we were growing up, how would have that have changed us? How would have that have made us have that type of language? Because you said anything like that, you were taken into the bathroom and you stuck a bar, a bar of soap in your mouth, just like in the movie A Christmas Story. I had it done several times to me when I dropped a profanity here and there from my mom. And, you know, that's the, that's what happened to you back then, you know. And this isn't that long ago. This is only in, like, the 80s and 90s. So I It's just, interesting because my son was playing Fortnite on the Switch. And so you can – and my, my, we downloaded it on the PlayStation, so – a little girl could play, and um, you could hear. And I told him you can't talk to anybody unless you know them. If you're in a party with somebody, that some of the friends, but you could hear people talking sometimes, and they might not know I'm listening, so I'm listening in. And believe it or not, the little kids that were like there somehow I don't know if it matches you up with people that it just somehow guesses your age. I you know the, the dead internet we just talked about. It, you know, <laughs> yeah, very very simple. Could could very well be. Um, but uh, they didn't really have that foul of a mouth. I didn't hear any profanities, which I was oh, very, very surprised. I still make them cut off the any kind of talking. But um, but it's funny to get on there. And uh, <laughs> so I'm 41 years old now, man. I'm an old man. <laughs> and so me, I'll, me and Revelation will be playing Call of Duty or something and playing Warzone or running across the uh, – the ditch or something stupid there's some big great and I, we would joke around pretending like we're looking on from somebody else and man who's play who's running across the ditch like that they got to be at least 40 something you know <laughs> <laughs> joke around like that and like but because you know we don't play like that we don't play like the the new kids do we play a whole different we play old school style we'd rather just run around and die running gun running gun then you know and they start a new one then then oh, sit yeah. there and hide and try to do get you know win and get two kills that ain't worth it and so anyway um, and we do the same thing on multiplayer, like just like now we get shot in the back all the time. And a lot of people do, but whatever. It's fun to get on there and play. My name's Hollywood Cole on there, of course. And I don't, and I won't put on mic in a lot of the times if I'm just playing by myself. And sometimes the kids will start saying, and I say kids, I mean, you can tell they're like 20s or something. Like, this Hollywood Cole kid is blind. This Hollywood Cole kid can't see nothing. And then I put the headset on and go, somebody talking about Hollywood Cole. And they, <laughs> and, they, and they hear that voice and they're like, oh my gosh, this guy's like, this guy's like 40 or something. Yeah, don't talk to him, you know, if it, uh, they mm-hmm. just won't say anything because they don't expect to be a 40-year-old man on there. Look, as soon, so as, the, as soon as those younger people hear the bass in that voice, yeah, they're, like, they're literally like, don't talk, to, don't talk to them. They're crazy. 
They're crazy and they're old. That's an old man. That's like an old man. He might know some tricks. You got to be watched out for them old salty dogs. They know some, oh, yeah. some old they, school they tricks from, from around the block, around the way. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, man, yeah, that's uh, it's interesting to think about how would it be, you know, and I think it would be a little bit of a novelty to play face to face. You certainly wouldn't be as much of a, a you know, a crap talker because, you oh. know, back in the day, you couldn't talk all that. You'd get. You can get you, you get smoked. The, you get smoked you right there. You got to deal with the consequences. <laughs> you know, you got to deal with physicality right then and there. <laughs> it's a lot less safe. It's a lot safer online to just talk trash. But, uh, but anyway, and uh, the golf games that they have now. I mean, all this kind of stuff is just insane to be able to play it. We thought it was really cool. You know, we wanted you to get an X band. We all could. Hey, we want to play Mario Kart. Just get on, and you'll be on there, and we can just play it. And you can be in your room, and I can be in my room. And we'll play Mario Kart. Or we'll play Killer Instinct or whatever. It was a really cool concept concept for X-Band on Super Nintendo. They had it on Sega too, but didn't work out. But anyway, we've done a little bit of X-Band stuff in like our like third episode ever or something like that. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was early. Systems or something like that. It was really cool. I think it was the fourth. But anyway, um, we'll probably do an in-depth X-Band at some point or really, really do a lot of studying on it. Because that was just kind of a, a, a passing conversation about it. But to really deep down into why did it fail and all this. But anyway, it was really cool with the day. That was, I mean, I felt like such a hacker type of oh, computer yeah. plugged in, dude. Like all I wanted, I had a black light in my room. I just had that on and I'd have some Metallica or something on in the radio and mm-hmm. uh, and put that on and just hook up to whatever, you know, hook up to. Uh, and then you'd have to call people. If you really wanted to chat with me, I had to call them up. <laughs> yes. And <laughs> you're talking to some dude you don't even know. And the dude was 17. I used to think, man, this dude's so old. Oh, he's yeah. He's 17. <laughs> How's he talking? What's this guy doing? He's 17. Why is he playing video games? I was like, you know, 13. <laughs> so, and, so, and, and I love how, I, love, I love that you brought up the fact of how you would actually have to call the person to talk to him or whatnot. Because the concept of calling somebody back then is totally different than the concept of calling people now because now you can call all across the nation with your cell phone and it doesn't charge you anything you called yeah. even outside of your city back then because if you were in forest where we grew up and you called outside a forest it cost you per minute to talk to somebody they charged you more money once you called outside of your local area code. Yep. Not just even your normal area code, because 601 area code covered all of Mississippi at the time. You called to Morton sometimes. It even charged you, depending on which phone company you were with. You called to Jackson. It definitely was going to charge you. And any time you played on the X-Band, it's a call out even to play them to fight them. So yep. you're getting charged by the minute every time you played. And they love the premium price of charging you per minute. Some companies even charged you a dollar a minute. It was crazy. Yeah, so my phone bill was uh, $350. And that's in 1993 money. Let's just it's, see how much that would be nowadays. It's crazy that you say that because like, <laughs> my phone bill that has my phone, my wife's phone on it, even my mom's phone on it, it has a tablet on it and my smartwatch on it, is $300 a month. And for you to say three fifty so, for that one phone bill is just insane to think. Three hundred fifty and ninety three is like having a, a six hundred seventy dollar phone bill today. Holy, yeah. That, <laughs> and, that, so, and so if I got a six hundred seventy, so my dad then freaked out, of course. And I had to sell my three do my prize three mm-hmm. do to Revelation to help pay for the phone bill. Yep. Oh, it's crazy. 
I remember I was taking it over there and he bought it. I was like, well, at least I'm not going to get in trouble. But uh, anyway, so we did play online a little bit. It's not anything like it was today, but it's not even just the online part. It's this, the vastness of these games where you can get lost in. I mean, I feel like I'm in the Wild West walking around in Red Dead Redemption 2. And that's about as close as I want to get to it in terms of uh, not the Wild West. Wild West is awesome, but as close as I want to get to being in a virtual world and all this kind of stuff, man. We don't want to get into metaverse and all this today. Well, but, if you um, want to talk about size, here's something that's uh, – I love to throw this around all the time. So look at the normal picture that we send. We take a picture with our photo and send. It's, what, 30-some-odd megs, roughly? Yeah. I don't know. I I don't remember how many versions of Super Mario Brothers you could fit inside that picture. The entire game, because it's like only like what, not even a couple megs for the entire game. Yeah, it's not 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 a lot at all for sure. It's insane. But but remember how hard it was, how long it took us to beat it, how much we played it, and all that kind of stuff. Games, most of the games going up to that point, up till you know, even up to the sixty four are actually extremely small compared to even just pictures now. I mean, it's crazy to even think that. Yeah, yeah. And to see, one, one thing that's fun, you've heard me say it before, if you're a retro gamer like Rob, Rob needs to do this if he hadn't done it. I'm sure he's probably done it. But get on a uh, NES and just play it for, you know, find a few games, just going to get on NES kick and play it for a couple weeks. You know, three weeks, really get into it every night or every other night or whatever you play usually. And then jump to Super Nintendo. You can get some idea of what it was like to have that bump in graphics. And then jump to Nintendo 64 and so on and so forth. And I remember doing that and playing, uh, and I had a Wii, I still do, but I played, I went back got my 64 and I was playing um, Rogue Squadron. And I love that game. And then I go... I thought about it. I go, wait a minute. There's two Rogue Squadrons on GameCube. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, let me get those. And I got those, and the graphics were just like so sick on a GameCube game. You know, that was like five years ago, too, when I did it. You know, and so. On the mini disc, too. Yeah. If you're so used to seeing those old graphics, and you would get some idea of what it was like to, to see those jumps in graphics. You know, we didn't know what it, where it was going to go. So that was state of the art, you know. Super Nintendo was state of the art. Mario World at the at the little kiosk in uh, at Walmart was just m- blowing your mind, you know. And uh, <clears throat> I'm thankful for those moments in gaming. You know, that was fun to to have that and to have those memories, to have the memories playing. Uh, you know, you hear Coastal, you hear you talk about it, you know, and I'm sure my sister did. And like when you come over and watch, that's like the early Twitch, right? And I remember we'd have uh. uh a movie night or something in our neighborhood. And it's probably like, Hey, we're going to watch a movie. I'll come over. We're going to watch scream or something, whatever that movie was. And, um, I'm talking about some, something in 97, 96, and then maybe 95. Uh, yeah, it had to be like 95, 96. Cause it was some 3do. It's right before the PlayStation came out. Uh, or right when the PlayStation was coming out. So about 95, anyway, whatever. And they'd all come over, watch a movie. And I go, Hey, y'all check this game out and turn on 3do. And I was playing D. And, oh, um, yeah. And everybody gathered around. They they couldn't believe it. They couldn't. They wanted to watch it, you know. And we just sat there and watched it until it was time to leave. And it was just super cool little Twitch, you know, live Twitch feed, you know, that you're hosting. But that's kind of where it comes from. It's kind of weird that Twitch took so long to catch on, knowing from yeah. these old school gamers that people love to sit there and watch games. So why don't I mean Gadrock 
War Chief Gaddy, who may be on a podcast at some point, used to come over and watch Symphony of the Night all the time. And I thought, dude, do you want to play or anything, man? You can play it if you want. No, man, I'm just enjoying watching. He sat there for hours and just watch it. The same and way so, with me. You know, Every time you played any of the RPGs, I mean, I just could sit there and watch it. It's like watching a movie. It was yeah. just so interesting to see it all play out because I didn't have to do anything. And I'm watching this amazing story play out because most of the games back then were so story driven because they didn't have the graphics. Now you got more graphic driven games than story driven. And it's a good point. Uh, a lot of people, you know, and I, I'm not a big fan of Atari uh, at all. Uh, and people say, well, there's some good Atari games. Well, not, you know, there's some fun ones. I remember having some memories with Battle and our war. Uh, I think it was Battle and um, with the tanks and the planes flying around, shooting them one bullet and you try to blow up the other guy. It was fun. We'd, we'd stop playing Castlevania to play uh, Battle. And um, so I did play and enjoy that, but they didn't really have any story to them. They didn't have any substance as far as you can't get really deep into a game. Um, <clears throat> they have adventure, you know, these different games like that. But uh, and they had some that tried to recreate that. So they weren't all that way. It, but anyway, like but this Nintendo, you start seeing some that has some substance. Now, it's a very good point you bring up in, in film school. Uh, you know, it, it, they taught us this. And I remember um, some guy, I don't remember who his name is or whatever, but the, you know, obviously the movies used to be in black and white. And then they turned into color where there was some big director or movie producer that said, when the movies turn to color, they're going to ruin movies forever. And if you're kind of like, how is that possible? Why would you think it would ruin it? It would be better. It's like saying, when you start adding, start adding special effects, the better the special effects get, the worse the movie gets. And you go, what? How is that possible? It should be awesome. And we are, we are enjoying our Marvel universe and our star Wars and stuff like that. That's true. But if you can rely on those special effects, you don't have to rely on creative writing, artistic writing, uh, sucking in, so to speak, the audience based on some ridiculous scenario or creative scenario, that the art of it all, right? And so these old school games, some of them have that capability because they had no choice. They didn't have the graphics. They have to rely on fun factors. It was just an easy way to generalize it. The fun factor is there. Well, what he's saying is the, the way the controls, the way that they create these scenarios, whether it be leveling systems or power-ups or whatever, and early on in the game to suck you in right away and, and hook you because they didn't have these big graphics. And so that's what's, what's so fun about these games. And you can still, to this day, if you grab the right game, get hooked right in again. So Shining Force 2 did that to me. Uh, it's a Sega game, you know, and it's an RPG strategy. It hooked me right in. Uh, that I hadn't played in a while uh, or ever and started playing it as a modern gamer. Uh, and I loved it on modern equipment. I mean, excuse me. But anyway, that's a, that's a valid point. It's very interesting and really profound to think about that. I mean, that's that's what we had was story. And then, you know, now, I mean, I'm, of course, we all know I'm the super techie geek. I love my technology. I mean, uh, got the OLED TV here now. And talking about CGI, it's 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 wild because like I watch a movie in the movie theater and then I come home and watch the same movie and I see things on my TV that I did not see at the theater because of how detailed the screen is. It's crazy that you can get that quality at home. And just to say that is <clears throat> I feel like a lot of the movies and things now don't have stories. Hollywood was bringing up the fact of Star Wars. 
the original trilogy, Star Wars. The story was great. It drew you in. It had this amazing twist in the middle of the, of the three movies of the bad guy being the father of the the hero of the entire thing. You know, those amazing, crazy twist. And you got to see it and hear it play out. And you have to deal with all the special effects. I'm sorry, but episode one, two, and three, and seven, eight, nine are terrible compared to the, the first, the the four, five, and six. They really are because their stories aren't as solid as four, five, and six. You had to have that story to tell it. Just I know it's more driving home the point of story driven is no, but the way it true. used to be. But I mean, it's just how it is. And CGI is not all it's cracked up to be. It's fun. Don't get me wrong. I love it and enjoy it. But I'm still begging for those movies to have have a story to it. Now I just finally got to watch Shang Chi. Um, it's the one of the newer Marvel movies, and I waited until it came out to where I could watch it on Disney Plus. That's one of the first movies in a long time that I've sat down and said, "This has a great story. It's not powered by the CGI, although it is a CGI heavy movie." The story draws you into it. It's actually a really good story. Go watch it. That's something great that kind of, to me, I guess brings back the whole thing of now we're starting to see that time period of where, okay, there's everything has CGI now. How am I going to stand out and be different? Oh, wait, I got to go back to what it used to be and tell a story. You know, And that's how I kind of feel some of these things are getting back to because when you look at games like, um, God, I can't even, I'm not going to say it right again, uh, Ghost of Tsushima. It's got a good story to it, you know. It's got it's got a story, although it's an amazing graphical game. It's it's got a story. You have this feeling to it. Um, even Red Dead uh, Redemption Two, even though I didn't too much care for it, it still had a story and it had something that you could draw into and play into. Even though it's got all these amazing graphics, you've got a story. You're starting to see that story stuff coming back and be more predominant than just the graphics. At least that's what I feel like. I mean, I, yeah. I might be totally wrong, but. <clears throat> So Red Dead Redemption 2, and I'll just touch it a little bit. You have to go into that one, and you heard me say it, with the idea of <clears throat> just like, hey, I'm going to take it slow. I'm going to take my time and explore the world, which is exactly what they want you to do. They could design the game that way, all the different things that can happen. And if you do that, you, you will really enjoy it, and all the other stuff comes. I used to play it and be like, I don't want to do another mission. I'm just ready to – it's like more of a chore. But uh, I'm gonna go back and play Red Dead Redemption One after this, and really, that's more of an arcadey one compared to Red Dead Redemption mm-hmm. Two. But anyway, all that to say, that's a uniquely kind of developed game. It's almost a newer way to do business because oh, who wants to get in here and and that the world around you is alive with you know wildlife, with plant life, with things happening all around you. Um, even in the, the took all this de- historical detail in creating these towns and. All these little things that they did in the environment, hidden places, hidden scenarios that play out. I mean, it's crazy the amount of time and detail they took into that. And if you go into it with a slow mindset, you're going to love it. But that's a that could be argued that that's a totally different way to play games now. You know, you it got all these fast twitch games, and then you got this yeah. slow motion, you know, and that's, immersion and that's, game. And that's what I was fixing to bring up too is when you. Using Twitch as a great example, when you go to Twitch, when you see the top played games, you don't see Red Dead Redemption 2 up there. You don't see, you know, um, Ghost of Tsushima. You don't see the games like that. You see Fortnite. You see Apex Legends. You see 
uh, Overwatch. You see those games like that, the Battle Royales, which, I mean, Hollywood and Coastal has have delved into that several times on the podcast here, talking about Battle Royales. And that's the big thing now. And so how do you stand out to a Battle Royale? Red Dead Redemption 2, Ghost of Tsushima, those stand out. God of War, you know, the recent God of Wars. The, you know, all of those, you know, are just different games. You know, Days Gone, those have just those different feels. And I I guess it almost brings it back to the gaming that we're used to. Yeah. Just with really, really amazing graphics. And to bring that back, I guess it circles back to the point of me saying that, you know, I was thankful. I'm thankful for getting to witness firsthand the evolution of gaming, seeing it go from, Atari to Nintendo to Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, you know, all of those, the the console wars of the 90s, everything like that, getting to see it firsthand because it makes me respect gaming a little bit more. It makes me have respect for the developers and the publishers and what they do and the effort they put into making these games because, yeah, you can make a great game like Fortnite. Heck, even Minecraft. Minecraft is even still popular. You have games like that that take nothing to develop and make millions off of it. Heck, even billions. I mean, I know Fortnite's probably making billions off of it by now. Or you can make a really story-driven game. I mean, go back even to the Final Fantasies. I, I, I saw a thing on Facebook where somebody had posted on one of the groups where they were talking about how much they hate Final Fantasies. It's probably the one of the worst series they've ever played. I'm like, look, I went and looked at the person's profile, and I see why. And this kind of brings it back to the whole thing of us getting to play through all of the generations of gaming, whereas some of them are starting out as, you know, the Xbox 360, PlayStation 3 generation and up. And it's like, that's where they lost it there because they've never had to see where it came from. They never had to deal with not always being online. They never had to deal with that kind of stuff. And they've always had these battle royales thrown in front in their face and they don't respect the artistics of games like we do. I know it's way off base and probably crazy and wild, but it's just one of those feelings because when you see that and you see somebody that says, I hate Final Fantasy X, I'm like, well, why do you hate it? Oh, you're only 15. Well, no wonder you don't like it. You don't understand it. You You don't get it. Yeah. Well... Yeah, it's always, uh, you know, it's always just like everything else in life, give and take. So you you grow up in this generation, you got all these cool games right off the bat. Whether you appreciate them or not, it's just going to be a matter of, I guess, individuality of how they can see things. Maybe they'd like to retro, and you got guys like Rob who just do nothing but retro. So um, each is on, it's all there for you. It's just cool to, you know, you get to experience all of it. So if you're a retro gamer, you're blessed in that, in that way. And so, but... Um, but anyway, man, that's a good talk. Let's just talk a little bit about what's next for H&K and the Horizon, because this is only going to probably be the only one other than your Fireside Chats that um, is out yeah. in November. So we're just taking a little break. But we'll be back, and we're going to do uh, some. We're going to do the cell phone game with Coastal at some mm-hmm. point in the future. We're going to do some Marvel, as you heard. We're going to do wrestling, as you heard. Uh, those will be oh, some man. fun things. Why'd you say that? Hold on. I'll even pull it. Oh, man, it's not sitting right here. I had it out here just a minute ago i have our outline for it 
I oh, actually wrote yeah. out a detailed outline of it, and it's like <laughs> we got the generations of wrestling and the games to match with them. But oh, we're gonna have fun with that one. I'm excited about it because that's another big one that I, I was I loved because I loved all the wrestling games. Yeah, we're gonna do those, and we'll do series uh, series again. Uh, we'll sprinkle in some game ones as well in there. Um, also, sprinkle in a little smooth ramblings and more fireside or gamer chronicle dad chronicles and. Uh, so you should have plenty of content. We're not slacking off. We just took a break partly because we did so many in October, partly because it's just been a busy time and a stressful time for me personally. But, um, we will actually have, we will actually have a new gamer dad chronicles out this month. I will guarantee that because I am actually got Nick Thimianos. He's going to be my next one up and we are recording that next week and we were going to record it this week, but he has school and I don't want him to mess up with that. Get an F. (laughs) <laughs> don't want to mess him up on that. So <laughs> we will have him. We'll have him there, and um, we're gonna go from there. And don't forget too, Christmas is right around the corner, guys. It's H and K's favorite time of the year at that point. Twelve days of H and K miss. You got to be ready for that. <laughs> All right. Well, appreciate it. Uh, appreciate you guys listening, and uh, we are out here later. Take care.